0: Welcome to Bollywood is for Lovers, part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I'm Aaron Fraser.
1: And I'm Matt Bose. Ahead of the release of Walt Disney's live-action Aladdin, we thought we'd discuss Sujoy Ghosh's Bollywood version, 2009's Aladdin, starring Ritesh Deshmukh as the titular hero, Amitabh Bachchan as the magical genie, and Jacqueline Fernandez as the gorgeous Jasmine.
0: Then, an animated, Hindi-language Disney film, Arnam Chaudhary's 2012 epic, Arjun the Warrior Prince. Loosely based on the Mahabharata.
1: Before we begin, we would like to respectfully acknowledge that we record this podcast on Treaty 6 territory, traditional lands of First Nations and Métis people.
0: Welcome back, lovers. It is a, it is a good day today. You know why, Matt? No, why? We have a new review!
1: Hey! Asking for a review last time must have worked.
0: Yes, this review is from the uh, Indian Apple Podcast. Perfect uh, site.
1: That's uh, where a lot of uh, Hindi film lovers live, presumably.
0: <laughs> yes, it is from Anchita Makawana, Mood eye roll. I hope I'm getting that name right.
1: Okay, it's a kind of a strange end of that name. It's fine.
0: <laughs> I, she just wants us to know her mood. She is uh she's eye rolling, but all the time uh, she has some very positive things to say about our podcast. Aww. Uh it's five star review, and she says incredible podcast. A Bollywood podcast with better content, relaxed conversations, and is surprisingly funny too. The hosts, Aaron and Matt, perfectly complimentary and fun to listen. With mm. the growth of Bollywood-related podcasts in recent time, this is the one with which I've stuck around. I enjoy the addition of Friendlies and Netflix slash Amazon series they discuss. Keep up the good work, guys. Oh, thank you so much for that, Ah. The good news is we intend to keep up the good work, and we have uh, more friendlies and more uh, Netflix content coming up.
1: Yeah, the people have spoken on our poll, so hopefully you're looking forward to hearing about Delhi Crime because that's that's what everyone wants to hear about. So
0: I am not looking uh, forward to watching Delhi Crime, but we will do it.
1: Yeah, definitely going to be some uh, content warnings on that one. I think
0: mm-hmm. yes, and we, and we do have a have a very exciting friendly in the works. I'm really excited uh, to welcome a guest back to the show
1: is he joining the three timers club or the two timers club
0: Uh, this will be a second episode
1: two timers club Mm
0: -hmm. climbing the ranks (laughs) Uh yeah Uh, we'll reveal that at the end of this episode so you have
1: to listen to all of our like read rate and review all that stuff yeah Uh, all the other people we work with gotta listen to all that so you can find out who's on next one
0: yes uh, and we want to give Enchita, is it 10 or 5 biffle points? I forget how many biffle points we give for a I think it's
1: 10 biffle points. Okay. For those of you who don't remember, biffle points... One day points, we'll
0: figure out something to do with biffle points. Yeah. Uh,
1: you're going to get something from these biffle, point, uh, biffle points. It's going to happen. Uh, by hook You're or also going to fro- need to
0: tell us how many you have to cash them in once we figure out what you can cash them in
1: for. Yeah, and if you say you have like 200 biffle points, we're not going to believe you. You probably have like 10. <laughs>
0: who knows?
1: Although I think I threw out some biffle points... In a crazy, drunken rampage. So, who knows, actually? Who knows? Yeah. Someone should keep track of that for us.
0: All right. So, this episode is about uh, fantasy, fairy tale, folktale films. Okay. Now, at the top, no, at the end of our last episode, we said that we would be talking about Aladdin. Yeah. And Drona. But I didn't realize that Arjun the Warrior Prince was on Netflix. I had looked for it, looked for it in the past because I was very curious about it. Yeah. Couldn't find it. And then I happened to be looking for some recommendations on Netflix uh, for my brother because he had watched the Bahu Bali films and he wanted to know what else was on Netflix that he should check out. Yeah, that makes um, sense.
1: He wants some fantasy ownage. Yeah. Yeah. I
0: was looking over at Kathy Gibson's site, Access Bollywood, and I noticed that Arjun the Warrior Prince is available on Netflix. Uh, so we quickly changed our minds and decided that we're going to save Drona for another episode, even also, though we've been warned it's very bad.
1: <laughs> there's also someone named Drona in Arjun the Warrior Prince. Yes. So you're kind of getting a little bit of Drona content.
0: yeah. If I'm, you were
1: holding out, if you're like a Drona stan.
0: I'm sure that's intentional.
1: <laughs> yeah, huge Drona stan out there. So
0: we thought as we you know wanted to have a conversation about the intersection of uh, Disney and Bollywood that instead of Drona, which we were just throwing in there because we wanted something else that was a fantasy yeah uh we would instead discuss Arjun the warrior prince mm-hmm. uh so we will get to that after we discuss Aladdin sure so we're doing this because Disney is releasing a new live action I put a lot of quotes around that because a lot of these Disney live action films are uh, Animated. <laughs> especially
1: The Lion King, which features no humans in it.
0: Yeah, especially The Lion King uh, and The Jungle Book, which obviously...
1: Which had one human in it.
0: Yes, has a connection um, to uh, India and Indian pop culture. Do you
1: want my hot take on the new Aladdin movie? Sure. It looks like trash.
0: It really does <laughs> it look awful. like trash. It looks awful. Yeah, so it's directed by Guy Ritchie. It's going to be a remake... Um, And expansion of their animated film from the 90s. The
1: classic. Everyone likes that. And there was a TV show.
0: Yes. And from the get-go, from them announcing this, people were throwing the big B word around Bollywood. Yeah. When they were trying to cast it, I heard many critics say, like, oh, you know where you can find a lot of... um, Brown people who can sing and dance and act.
1: Not Bollywood, because they don't mostly sing.
0: <laughs> Bollywood. Yeah. Uh, and and a lot of people didn't seem to think that you know Aladdin is a Middle Eastern story. Yeah, or <laughs> no. it is now. It is now, yeah. yeah. Well, no, it's 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 originally Middle Eastern. It's it's based on middle a Middle Eastern folktale.
1: Yeah, it's from uh, Shahrazad and the One Thousand and One yes. Nights. but like isn't he Chinese in the original version?
0: Yes, it's but it's set- also old
1: enough that like it was before nation states really. Yes. So. But
0: when you consider how little Middle Eastern representation there is in Hollywood cinema, yeah. It really doesn't seem great to take one of you know a, a big opportunity that Disney has, yeah, and not feature you know a Middle Eastern cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so from the... and
1: you know famous Middle Easterner um, Will Smith, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> also in the movie.
0: So from the get-go of the casting, people were throwing the word Bollywood around. Uh, the lead who who landed Aladdin, he is Egyptian, Mena Massoon. Mm-hmm. So he is Egyptian. Uh, as you mentioned, Will Smith is playing the genie. Naomi Scott, who was in the Power Rangers film and who uh, is Indian,
1: was she the Pink Ranger?
0: Um, mm, I think so.
1: Okay.
0: I I forgot that
1: movie. <laughs> um, it, it, it kind of is a movie that doesn't exist.
0: Yeah, uh, she is part Indian, and then a lot of the rest of the, cla- the cast um, are are Middle Eastern.
1: Who's playing so- Iago? Alan Tudyk. Alan Tudyk. Oh, okay. Yeah. he. It is a Disney movie. There's a yeah. There's a bird that needs to be voiced. <laughs> Makes sense. Yes. The man of a thousand voices.
0: So so that was...
1: I mean, for the people who worked on Firefly, he's got to be the one that did the best, right?
0: Oh, him or Fillion.
1: Fillion's on TV. Yeah, but Tudyk, he has
0: like his own shows. Tudyk
1: is in Moana, Rogue One,
0: yeah. Yeah. This...
1: <laughs> Like, if you counted up the box office of all the movies he's in, he's probably killing it right now.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm sure. But it's it's just his voice. It's not him.
1: But he gets the residuals, right? Yeah.
0: He'll, he'll get he'll get a
1: little bit of chunk on the, on the royalties afterwards. So he probably does pretty well.
0: It's good to be, like, in the Disney company. Like it's it's good, good to be in a Star Wars movie. <laughs> yeah, it's good yeah. to be someone that, you know, Disney likes to work with again and again. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so that was during kind of the casting phase. A mm-hmm. lot of kind of people throwing out. Bollywood, and then the first trailer came, and the internet was rife with Bollywood comparisons. And then mm-hmm. the second trailer came, and it features potentially a musical number that seems maybe somewhat Bollywood-inspired. And yeah. the comparisons have continued. Uh, even Naomi Scott in Entertainment Weekly, uh, I read comparing her costumes to Bollywood films. Oh, so
1: Entertainment Weekly, uh, generally a fountain of uh, you know good <laughs> knowledge about Hindi cinema.
0: Yeah, I, I mean. They they have their pulse on Hollywood.
1: I'll say this much about Aladdin and Guy Ritchie. Mm-hmm. He is a cut purse who runs around and does parkour a lot in the original <laughs> cartoon. Yeah. So him stealing things and running around and getting into trouble actually fits fairly well with uh, the the Guy Ritchie ethos.
0: Yeah. He yeah. will
1: put, potentially be in an underground street fight as well. That's the other thing he could do.
0: Yeah. The, I mean, I can't say I really love Guy Ritchie's films, <laughs> but
1: I haven't liked one really since. I don't know, the first Sherlock Holmes it was decent
0: yeah but yeah. I, I do see
1: <sighs> it kind of s- makes sense in a way right I
0: sort of see why they hired him yeah uh, y-
1: you don't hire Guy Ritchie to do Beauty and the Beast
0: yeah I suspect
1: I would watch it though
0: Guy Ritchie's Aladdin or Guy no, Ritchie's, Ritchie's <laughs> Beauty
1: and the Beast I'm never going to watch Guy R- <laughs> Ritchie's Aladdin it looks like hot garbage I've... but Guy Ritchie's Beauty and the Beast would presumably take place in like um, Brixton <laughs> it would be Idris Elba as the Beast and then maybe, like, I don't know, Cara Delavine as Belle, but she's got, like, a crazy Cockney accent.
0: Mm-hmm. So this has been Fancasting Disney <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: with Matt. Um,
1: thank you for listening to the podcast. <laughs> Please rate, review, and subscribe.
0: Yes. Uh, so I suspect that the Bollywood comparisons will not... Uh, die down when the film comes out. We haven't seen it. It's uh, still a couple of weeks away from release. I probably will see it so I yeah. can report back. I won't. Um, I will
1: say that the effects on the genie, mm, <laughs> maybe to the same standard as Aladdin. Maybe. Not impressive.
0: It is always. Well, and interestingly enough, Will Smith is also like entering the Bollywood market with Steve or 2. Yeah, too, that's right away interesting. Here, so. That That is
1: an interesting uh, co there.
0: Yeah. So. I I find often when Western critics and cinephiles uh, who have limited experience with Bollywood start throwing around the B word, uh, they don't really know what they're talking about. They don't really know um, the aesthetics or what contemporary Bollywood cinema is like or the history Mm -hmm. of Bollywood cinema. And it's it's just an easy kind of aesthetic point of comparison that doesn't always line up. Now, again... We've only seen a couple of really terrible trailers. Yeah. <laughs> and, and
1: I can't say that I'm excited to see almost any Disney movie ever.
0: Uh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. We're much more interested in the parks than we are in the films. Yes. Yeah. We love we love the Disney parks. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, who knows if, you know, these comparisons are warranted. But I think I think people will still be Saying it once. The I mean, film comes out.
1: this movie will make probably a billion dollars. No, they all do.
0: I don't think. I don't think Aladdin's gonna. I mean, Lion King's gonna make a billion dollars. I don't think Aladdin's gonna make a billion. I don't think Dumbo has made a billion.
1: Okay, so it's gonna make upwards of five hundred million dollars.
0: Yeah, yeah. Which
1: is pretty good. <laughs> if you can do that, then you know. Yeah. It's not that big of a problem. Yeah. Merchandising, good. video games, all kinds of stuff.
0: So all of this preamble is just us getting to the point that there is a Bollywood version of Aladdin. So we thought we'd watch it.
1: And also, it's not very good.
0: <laughs> well, we will get to that. And before we do, I just want to give a bit of background on where the story of Aladdin comes from.
1: Oh, so you're the Scheherazade and I'm the uh, evil king Shahryar in this story.
0: Aren't I always the Scheherazade on this podcast, Matt?
1: Yes, and I'm the evil king, keeping you captive in my podcast jail.
0: Yes. So Aladdin comes from... You're the...
1: I'm the Scheherazade because you continually force me to watch terrible movies. <laughs>
0: Moving on, Aladdin comes from One Thousand and One Nights, or Arabian Nights, as it is probably better known in uh, the English language. They
1: tease and excite.
0: Which is a collection of Middle Eastern folk tales with a frame story about a king, Shahryar, who executed his wife because she wasn't faithful, and then he proceeds to marry a series of virgins, whom he executes the next morning. I mean, so it's good
1: to have a hobby. They I guess.
0: will not <laughs> cheat on him. Yeah. Uh, kind he, of a
1: kind of a bluebeard type guy, huh?
0: Yes. When he runs out of virgins to marry, uh, the vizier's daughter, Shahrazad presents herself as his next bribe, and she avoids her execution by telling the king tales, and each night ending things in a cliffhanger and telling him that that she'll tell the rest of the story tomorrow. Thereby he has to keep her alive so that he can hear the rest of the stories. This lasts for A Thousand and One Nights, and there's A Thousand and One Tales.
1: Nice.
0: So, Aladdin is the best-known story from A Thousand and One Nights, uh, though it was not in the original Arabic text.
1: (laughs) okay. So, it came in the 19th century, or the 18th century. 18th century, yes.
0: It was added in the 18th century by Antoine Galland, who was the first European translator of A Thousand and One Nights. He was French, and the story is attributed to Eugène Diab, a Syrian. Uh, In the original story, Aladdin lives in China, so Mm -hmm. presumably he is of Chinese descent, though the rest of the text does present a a Middle Eastern kind of locale, you know, they use the word sultan over emperor. And
1: it's old enough, it's far enough in the past that, you know, who knows what country they were in.
0: Yes. Um, And Aladdin uses the lamp to marry Princess Badruplador. Uh, and live in a palace. and there's... I,
1: I can see why they went with Jasmine.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's another evil sultan, and there's like two genies, and you can read all about the original story. Two genies? Yes, there's like a lesser Wait, genie.
1: The, so this version of Aladdin featuring Amitabh Bachchan as the genie genius, and Sanjay Dutt as a guy who used to be a genie is actually closer to the source material.
0: Ah! I don't know if I'd say that. There's kind of like a lesser genie who helps him get out of the cage who can't... cage. Who helps him get out of the cave, who can't uh-huh. perform as powerful magic, who also helps him when um, the other sultan like steals the lamp or like the sorcerer.
1: There's a lot going on in this Jafar story.
0: Jafar is like two characters in the original story. Huh. So
1: Okay, while we're on this topic, did you ever watch the Aladdin TV show? Yes. Okay. I think it's kind of bullshit that <laughs> Um, in Aladdin the movie, he wishes for the genie to be free. Yes. Right? And then in Aladdin the TV show and the subsequent movies that followed, the genie's still around doing magic for him constantly.
0: Yeah. He's
1: not free. He's like his buddy now, but like he's... Well,
0: he's he's doing all the magic at a free will. Sure. Also, is, it, is any of that stuff really canon?
1: I don't know. I liked how, uh, what was his name, Jonathan Brandeis? Remember that guy from Sequest? Uh no. He killed himself really young. He was the, the young genius on Sequest DSV.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, and he was friends with the dolphin. Okay.
0: Darwin, I, the dolphin. I remember the dolphin. He played
1: a character who was like a steampunk wizard guy. That was neat.
0: Where are you going with any of this? <laughs> oh, I'm just
1: remembering a cartoon that I liked. But I think it's bullshit that you could, you know, wish for a genie to be free, and then he still gives you free wishes all the time. Like, that, that yeah. is, that's not exactly a morality tale. It's more just like... Yeah, just wish for the genie to be free right away and then just get free wishes constantly. Mm-hmm. Why not just wish for a thousand wishes? It's basically the same thing.
0: I don't know. Um, what I'm saying is friendship
1: is bondage.
0: <laughs> From what I can tell in the original story, uh, Aladdin is not limited th- to three wishes. Uh, okay,
1: so does he use them all to try and romance Princess Badrubador? Um Or unromance her and then romance her again?
0: no i mean he like uses it to get her and like get a palace and you know just kind of you be, know. live out the rest of his life as a sultan
1: yeah <laughs> the, the smart play
0: yes uh as i said this is the most well known story of a thousand and one nights and it's been featured in um, many different variations mm-hmm. and in, in different media, uh, including the 1940s, well, including the adventures of Prince Ahmed mm-hmm. uh, and the 1940s, The Thief of Baghdad. Cool. Uh, not the Douglas Fairbanks one, the British one. Uh, And over time, you know, things have been added to the story. Things have been taken out. And the Disney version um, is one such iteration, though at this point, probably the version of the story that most people are familiar with.
1: I mean, that's what they do. They take public domain stories and then mine them for all of their social worth and then leave them as the only version that anyone remembers. Which makes it difficult for something like Aladdin 2009 to really stick out because it's actually pretty indebted to the cartoon version
0: it is and so interestingly jasmine uh the name jasmine for the princess from what i can tell starts with the 90s disney film
1: yeah because they got rid of princess (laughs) bajulbador
0: yes um so her character is largely based on the 1940s the thief of baghdad Hmm. Uh, but there i couldn't tell if that character had a name she did have a handmaiden though who becomes the tiger in aladdin oh
1: cool and that's presumably <laughs> Gilbert Gottfried's uh, e- um, bird was present in all these earlier versions, too.
0: Iago? Yeah. No, Iago's based on Shakespeare.
1: Wait, he's not... <laughs> Gilbert Gottfried's bird, Iago, is not present in any of the other ones? It's actually like a shout-out to Othello? Yeah. Really?
0: Yes, that's why he's named Iago.
1: I f- yeah, I mean, <laughs> that makes sense, but, like, Jafar doesn't have a helpful
0: Well, Jafar is monster. two characters in the original story.
1: And this is really confusing. Okay. Anyway, and I bet you're going to make me describe the plot of Aladdin. Well,
0: yes, because I've just gone through all of that. Um, You know, we will have links in the show notes. All of that I just learned on Wikipedia, so I'm by no means an expert on Arabian Nights. Though I did read, like, abridged versions when I was, you know, a young, young youngin.
1: I never read those.
0: No? No. You've never read any of Arabian Nights? No. Or 1001 Nights?
1: I always see it at the... The cheap tables at chapters, and I'm always tempted because it's mm. kind of like a nicer addition. Mm-hmm. But you're familiar with my To Be Red pile.
0: Yes, I am familiar with It's pretty
1: t- substantial. <laughs> but I would like to someday.
0: Have you seen any of the earlier films, like The Adventures of Prince Achmed or no. Fairbanks, The Thief of Baghdad?
1: All I got is the 90s movie uh-huh. and then the TV show. All right, well. So I was thinking, like, the Mechanomancer played by Jonathan Brandeis was. <laughs> Pretty close to the original book, like a steampunk monster. (laughs) Right, you're
0: bringing that (laughs) up again. So, 2009's Aladdin. Matt, oh, tell
1: me about it. Okay, so this is directed by Sujoy Ghosh, who directed Kahani and Badla. Mm -hmm. So I can honestly say that I've enjoyed one Sujoy Ghosh film. Mm -hmm. It is not this one. It was Kahani. That was the good one. Yeah, Um, Kahani is excellent. As a Kahani itself, I did not care for this particular Kahani. (laughs) Uh, So the film stars Ritesh Deshmukh, as mentioned earlier, Amitabh Bachchan, Jacqueline Fernandez, Sanjay Dutt in a role that didn't very clearly not show up in Sanjay as like a heroic (laughs) return to the cinema. Right. Um, And he also has crazy boots in it. Uh, Sahil Khan and Ratna Pathak looking like a Ratna Path snack.
0: Yeah, she looks amazing. I mean... We always love Ratinopathic. but uh, I, this movie does not have enough Ratnapathik. Yeah,
1: but she, and we kind of thought she, her, and the genie were going to hook up, but no. Yeah, that I didn't thought she happen. was there to
0: be a love interest for the genie, and like, she kind of is. But oh man, not enough Ratnapathik.
1: Yeah, and I, now I'm thinking like they must be like putting all tons of gray in her hair now for movies,
0: because yeah. this is only
1: ten years ago, and she looks like forty.
0: Yeah, I should look how old she is.
1: Yeah, um, but she's looking great.
0: I do want to say that Sahel Khan... This is the
1: Thirst cast <laughs> from the desert.
0: Oh my god. <laughs> so many people have turned this off already, Matt.
1: No, no, this is good shit. This is what people want.
0: I do want to say that uh, Sahel Khan, I thought, looked like Indian Roblo.
1: Yeah, we'll put a picture in the show notes. And also featuring Aristocaria as a, another sort of evil professorial type. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie received mixed reviews and had poor box office. <laughs> and I will now explain why. So, Al- Aladin, uh, 2009.
0: Who they call Alu.
1: They call him Alu, like he a potato. He does not like
0: that nickname, but I think Alu is a great nickname. I also love potatoes, and yeah. I call my best friend, Maureen, um, la belle patate, which means yeah. the beautiful potato in
1: French. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone likes eating potatoes, unless yeah. you're allergic, but I've never met a person allergic to potatoes. Yeah. Delicious, you know, staple food stuff, and he should be glad that he's being compared to a potato every day <laughs> I just says. really like potatoes they're not saying he looks like a potato or he's shaped like a potato, they're just calling him Alu yeah. it's a good nickname yeah. anyway, uh, so uh, this Aladdin takes place in a city north of Delhi that I couldn't tell was real or not mm-hmm. it has a very sort of Agrabah-esque uh, kind of walled city look the buildings are very old, but it looks like it's shot on a back lot or something. Yeah. Um, and there's, like, a university there where Karya teaches. But um, Ritesh Deshmus' character, his parents named him Aladdin <laughs> because they legit believed <laughs> in the story of Aladdin from the Thousand and One Nights yeah. and thought that their son was going to be the one that was going to save the world using a genie.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, so at the beginning of the movie, his parents have taken him to a kind of... Ice cavern. Yeah. And we don't exactly find out what happens till later on in the movie. Mm -hmm. But they do die and he is left living with his grandfather, who by the time of the story is beginning is also dead. So he's a sad boy who does have a very nice house with lots I a of books terrible and stuff
0: sweater vest. and a
1: terrible sweater vest he wears a sweater vest with a big a on it it and looks he... like
0: the a in uh the logo for Amir Khan films
1: yes it does it looks it's, it's, it's that exact font
0: so every single time i saw it i kept thinking it was like a for army
1: yeah you were reminded of better movies that you saw
0: <laughs> yeah um
1: but so he gets bullied a lot by the other boys at school uh In one weird scene at the beginning, a a smaller kid version of him, they keep telling him to rub a lamp, which, I mean, there's some connotations there you could go for. And we don't actually, like, no, they just have an ancient thing store where they just buy lamps all the time. So um, by the time that he's in his 20s, I guess, is when this movie starts. And he's pretty tired of the whole lamp thing, even though he keeps getting people buying him lamps for his birthday. Uh, We do find out that his parents died. After actually finding the magic lamp and letting loose the genie, yeah. played by Amitabh Bachchan. His name is Genius the Genie. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let that sink in for a second. <laughs> Genius the Genie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and back in the day, the lamp broke into two pieces, one of which being the lamp, one of which being a lion head thing mm-hmm. that falls off the side of a mountain after Sanjay Dutch shows up as Ringmaster. <laughs> Who is an evil ringmaster who has a dark circus of freaks. Yeah. Including a fire-breathing lady, a whip guy. Really, the whip guy's not really bringing up... He's not really trying the a hard. A Klingon. There's a Klingon. <laughs> a, a very big guy with a big prominent forehead. Uh, a knife guy who's kind of like the Blue Raja from Mystery Men. and Oh, and a creepy French clown guy who kind of looks like It. The yeah. new version. Yeah. And essentially that's plan is to uh, wait till Ritesh Jeshmuk uses up all his wishes, and I'll get to that in a second, then take the lamp and then use the power of a once-in-a-million-years comet that is going to fly by this town, or fly over it, yeah. to gain the power of being a genie again, because <laughs> he lost the ability to be a genie after not doing what his master wanted. Right. Right. Yeah. That's basically it. Sure. Uh, Anitan Bachchan is playing Genius the Genie, and he says that he is two months away from being able to retire from being a genie, which is fantastic. He's got the sort of Danny Glover, like, I'm too old for this shit thing going. Yeah. And uh, Ritesh Deshmukh, after getting the lamp as a joke for being Aladdin... It's bought for him by uh, Jacqueline Fernandez, who is a hot new girl in town. And that's really the extent of her characterization. Also, she knows karate. Mm
0: -hmm. And this was Jacqueline Fernandez's debut.
1: Yeah. She also Uh, dresses as Catwoman in one part, which I I definitely perked up during that scene. Uh, But anyway, he uh, rubs a lamp. Um, Amitabh Bachchan gives him some wishes. His wishes are in order. I mean, I'm going to spoil the whole movie, I guess. But um, in order, make Jacqueline Fernandez fall in love with me. She's too much in love with me. Your genie magic has, uh, you know.
0: Well, Amitabha tricks him into making that wish. And then he wants to undo it. Because he makes it while he's sleeping. But
1: this is classic genie, you know, methodology. You have to watch yourself around genies. So then, after some dance sequences and it starts snowing in town. And also, Jekyll Fernandez is throwing himself at him. Like, oh, who would be able to deal with that problem? Uh, He says, please make her go away. We'll just undo it. Yeah, undo your genie magics. And then, thirdly, I would like to romance Jacqueline Fernandez again, but this time using no magic. Yeah, which
0: help me, but you can't use your magic.
1: This is not a wish. <laughs> this is like, hey, genius, can you tre- can you teach me how to make a girl like me? Yeah. So I I kind of think that he still has that third wish in the chamber.
0: Yeah. So I find this genie actually from, like very similar to. The Disney Genie, yeah, to the Robin Williams one, um, just with Amitabh Bachchan.
1: He's spouts off lines all the time. He's got funny outfits. Yeah, so he's, he's not doing as many impressions, but he's like he's a wackadoo, like wacky genie.
0: Yeah, he's like hip to contemporary pop culture. You know, always saying things like "dude."
1: Yeah, and brother.
0: Yeah, and he, you know, is is essentially there to boost. Aladdin's self-esteem.
1: It essentially turns into Cyrano de Bergerac. Kind of. Aladdin, after getting... Okay, so he accidentally interrupts Jacqueline Fernandez's karate class, which is the other piece of of character development that she has. And,
0: And she has a pink Volkswagen Beetle.
1: Yeah, she has pink Volkswagen Beetle. He gets kicked in the balls extremely hard, and then also his windpipe gets crushed. Was that? A karate, or is that somewhere else? Anyway,
0: yeah, his, he's got a really his windpipe gets voice. crushed, and he
1: can't he can't talk anymore without sounding stupid. So then, genius <sighs> sings a song, and Aladdin kind of mimes it out. Mm-hmm. Um, also, with regards to what Aladdin wants to do when he grows up, I think he wants to be a musician. But hilariously, the genie turns his um, <laughs> his guitar into a kind of frog creature yeah. that makes guitar sounds when it hops around. Yeah. but it's okay. He gives him another guitar,
0: and that fro- like that guitar stays a frog for the rest of the movie.
1: Yeah, it's it's weird. And yeah, the Sanjay Dutt dark carnival aspect of this movie. I mean,
0: <laughs> when that showed up, you and I went, "Wait, what? Have we have we have we missed something? What is going on?" here? You know what the original nineties movies circus? needed?
1: We needed a dark carnival. This is the first Aladdin movie for juggalos. <laughs> oh my
0: god.
1: It's true. Prove it's, me wrong.
0: This is a strange beast. It's it's a bit of a roller coaster. And also and just when you kind of like start to like it, the movie just goes in a weird direction and, and it, it kind of makes it impossible to enjoy.
1: Yeah. Um like the la- basically the last twenty minutes of this movie, like we don't get a lot of Ringmaster, <laughs> and believe me, a small amount of Ringmaster goes a long way. <laughs> He does have like quasi genie powers, so he can he can stomp on a truck and make it flip across the road.
0: Yeah. He's supernatural, as yeah. is the rest of his dark carnival.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so like he's already pretty potent and he could probably just get away with his current level of demigodness. Yeah. But he wants that genie power.
0: Yeah, he wants that genie power.
1: Um and he's Okay, are you ready for his ultimate plan?
0: Yeah, to capture the
1: no, no, the no, 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 no. His Dark Carnival infiltrates the uh, President's Ball, I think, mm-hmm. or it is like the year-end party at the school that Aladdin goes to. Yeah. And it's a costume party, although they don't really wear costumes.
0: The but Dark Carnival? The or? Dark Carnival
1: really don't. Yeah. Uh, the costumes, they
0: already have costumes.
1: Yeah. The costumes that our main characters wear are Catwoman for um, Jacqueline Fernandez. Yeah. Excellent. Ten out of ten. Um but Tesh Deshmukh is kind of wearing a poncho and a cowboy hat.
0: I think he's supposed to be like uh, the man with no name, like Clint Eastwood.
1: Yeah, and then Amitabh Bachchan's genius, the genie.
0: Who Hugh could, Hafner with a fedora. Who
1: could conceivably <laughs> wear literally any piece of clothing ever. And uh, his normal style of dressing recalls a uh, mid-2000s uh, pickup artist. Yep. He's got a stupid fedora. He's got guy liner on. And the fedora is like pulled across his head. Uh, he's got a little bit of... Uh, Michael Jackson a little bit sometimes. Um,
0: But at the costume party, he's clearly Hugh Hefner with a fedora.
1: That's the closest we could think of. It was sort of like safari jacket Hugh Hefner (laughs) with stupid glasses.
0: Yeah. And there's like some superheroes in the background. Like there's a Spider-Man and a Batman and a Superman.
1: Really rough Spider-Man costume. (laughs) But luckily, this place where the President's Ball is being held has a sort of mystic uh, floor arrangement that the, um, the Ringmaster can use to try and harness the power of the comet after killing the genie. He comes back, don't worry. <laughs> and, like, sucking up all his power. Also, there's a brief side note where the Ringmaster and his Dark Carnival drive to China, which is personified by the, Ch- the Great Wall of China. We get yeah. a shot of the Great Wall of China and then an anonymous Chinese worker in a warehouse opening a box which has a mystical mirror in it. And uh, he... F-
0: that mirror plot point.
1: The mirror goes nowhere. <laughs> but like
0: Comes he, out of nowhere, goes nowhere.
1: Yeah, there's, the mirror is kind of broken, so the Chinese worker guy puts the broken part of the mirror back in. The mirror fixes itself using a sort of liquid uh, metal thing. Yeah, kind of like cool. the
0: Terminator.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and then immediately the knife guy of the Dark Carnival uh, tags the Chinese guy in the head. This can't be one of those, like, we need something happening in China to be in our movie. Can it?
0: <laughs> uh, I I don't think so. Because it's not, like 2009. I'm not entirely sure when Bollywood like, started to gain popularity in China. It might be a nod to you know kind of the the Chinese location of the original story, though. If it's
1: a nod to that, it's just I, like I don't
0: know. <laughs>
1: remember this part of the story? Nope. Thirty seconds later, it killed that guy. Anyway, on with the show.
0: Yeah, and I, the this film's biggest downfall is really its haphazard narrative. Yes. Uh, It just... It doesn't feel like they... They knew the direction that they wanted to go. No, they made
1: this one up day by day.
0: Yeah, or what they wanted to do with this story. That being said, I actually really liked the special effects. I thought they were pretty decent.
1: There was some decent special effects, yes. The genie trickery was pretty good. Yeah. And... um, Nope, that's all I can remember. The genie trickery was pretty good. <laughs> well,
0: I mean, that's the majority of the special effects is the genie. Yeah. Though, you know, I think like when the mirror kind of... Reform, you get to see
1: what's inside good. of the, um... You get to see what's inside of the lamp. And it's kind of like a darker dimension with...
0: Yeah, that was yeah, cool. That was okay. And when the genie goes into Aladdin's dreams, oh, I think and that was really well realized. Yeah, and then
1: the battle... Um, Esher
0: like an Escher painting.
1: Yes. And then the battle where uh, Ringmaster and genius fight with Aladdin's parents present and, uh... Aladdin falls off the cliff, and Genius got to go get him. Yeah,
0: that was cool. He
1: kind of does a sort of Dragon Ball Z type move, where he punches the edge of the cliff off. Dr- Genius does, and then flies down and catches um, mm-hmm. little Aladdin. It actually did kind of remind me a bit of the Dragon Ball Evolution movie.
0: You saw that? Yeah. Oh, wow.
1: It sucked. Um, <laughs> I think the the guy playing Goku in that kind of reminds me a bit of Ritesh Deshmark.
0: Wasn't that James Marsters? I think so. Or no, Jim just was the villain. I know nothing about Dragon Ball.
1: Yeah, it's not very good. I, I probably didn't watch the whole thing. Yeah. I but it, know it, that it, all
0: the characters in Dragon Ball are named after vegetables.
1: Yes. It's kind of that sort of, let's just like, you know, bulk up a movie with crazy special effects battles and a story that's dumb and, you know, kind of gets away from the fact that, you know, this, this should be about kind of like, what's the difference between having a friend and having like a genie, like what would you do if you had all this power?
0: Yeah. And it it doesn't
1: really think about that at all because his wishes entirely revolve around Jacqueline Fernandez. He doesn't even do the Prince Ali thing from the movie, from the original one.
0: From the 90s Disney. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, this is a completely different movie and a completely different take on the story. Um, But I I thought there were moments that kind of signaled the potential of a better film. Uh, like I said, I really liked the special effects. I thought they were really well done. Um, and they, they're they really, like, they don't look super cheap. They also don't look really expensive. They just kind of are effects that I think are working within the film's budget. And mm-hmm. so, and they, they work well with the tone of the film. I think the stuff with, you know, kind of uh, the genie and Aladdin uh like i, I thought that d- dynamic was really strong and i really enjoyed that i think the stuff that doesn't work is the larger kind of mythology in the film
1: the ringmaster and his dark carnival
0: the ringmaster and his dark carnival this backstory with his parents that's just like fundamentally silly i also if think you're an, an archaeologist
1: checking like looking around in an ice cave for a magic lamp Do you bring a Magnum, like a 357 Magnum in case the Ringmaster shows up and you need to blow him away?
0: That was nuts. I also, like, I was disappointed that, you know, he just gets the lamp because Jasmine buys it at an antique store for his birthday. Like,
1: An Ancient Things shop, which is a fun name for a shop. And it's basically the shop from Gremlins.
0: Yeah, in some places I really felt like...
1: That was lazy.
0: Yeah, exactly. In some places I really felt like there was a sense of, like, imagination, and fun. And then in other places, it just it felt awkward and lazy. Yeah. I'll also add, there is kind of a brief parkour moment early on in the film yeah. when he's running around the city.
1: Yeah. Uh, he's trying not to get bullied.
0: Maybe not the levels of parkour that we're going to see in this new Guy Ritchie film. Or even but, in
1: Baby from last week. Yeah. But like... Okay, so the Prince Ali well, part... should have
0: lots of parkour, right? Yes,
1: he's a street rat. He runs around <laughs> stealing things. Uh, the Prince Ali part in the 90s Aladdin movie is important because he thinks, well, she's a rich princess. She probably wants a rich prince. So he gets all buffed up and has all this money and an elephant and stuff. And she doesn't like him because you need to be a good person and not some rich dickhead. Yeah. And what does Ritesh Deshmukh learn in this? Well, he learns a, quite a bit of, like... Weird genie mythology and about a battle between good and evil genies. But what does he learn about Jacqueline Fernandez? I think she's basically fine, and if you're just nice to her, she'll be your girlfriend.
0: I think he learns to to be himself. I think he learns confidence. I agree with you that I wish those themes were were stronger in the film. You yeah, know? kind of like when you the real
1: genie he, was in you the whole time, or something like that. I don't know.
0: Yeah, like he, you know, I I think the the thing that he's supposed to learn is that he he doesn't need the genie. But he totally making, needs the genie. Yeah, <laughs> he would by be making nowhere without the genie. One of the wishes that he wants to, you know, earn Jackson Fernandez's love without the use of magic. He kind of already like
1: He understands the problem. You can't he understands You can't it get it with magic. Yeah. Yeah,
0: so you know, and from the get-go he doesn't want to use magic to get her. So, you know, I feel like the kind of He already knows the he
1: already knows the whole plot of the movie already like.
0: Yeah, the contemporary kind of Courtship uh, lesson is is missing from the from the film.
1: Yeah. Oh, right. So, like
0: it's there, but it's just not well developed.
1: We forgot to mention Salil Khan is the Reggie slash Roblo type who's bullying him. Yeah. And retinopathic is the uh, lady who runs a tea shop that yeah. he hangs out at, and she's got these two customers who are always talking about how crappy her tea shop is, but she's like. She's like the only adult in town that gets along with Aladdin.
0: Yeah. And I mean, there is... And she's very cute. There is a bit of kind of, you know, romantic tension between her and the genie.
1: Well, the genie keeps insisting that he can't be uh, Aladdin's uncle because he's nowhere near old enough. So they keep having a kind of a funny banter like, well, he's my cousin, second cousin, twice removed, you know? So, you know, there's that, I guess.
0: Yeah. Everyone else can kind of see the genie. Okay, so, it
1: was it was actually unclear if he could if they could see the genie or not because sometimes they would think hey how come you're talking to yourself and other times was like who's this attractive older man
0: so yeah Ratna Pathak was in her early fifties when this film came out she looks great she looks amazing she, yeah. she just like I Let's mean get a
1: picture of her in there
0: I I, Click I up the picture
1: in <laughs> the links you'll love it
0: I say that kind of goes without speaking how beautiful she is but uh, there. It's nice to see that there's an effort to make her sexy.
1: Do you want to be film. a better movie? Like,
0: she's already sexy, but, like, like the film acknowledges that she's sexy.
1: Do you want to be better? What? Okay, if it was a movie about a lady who ran a tea shop who was dating a genie, <laughs> wouldn't that be better?
0: It's kind of like gender-reversed I Dream of Genie.
1: Or it's like The Lunchbox, except Irfan Khan is a genie. <laughs> All right.
0: Doesn't All that right. sound good? All right. Um, I think we've exhausted everything that we want to say about... Aladdin.
1: I hope to never think about Ringmaster and his dark carnival freaks ever again.
0: <laughs> uh, this is certainly interesting. <laughs>
1: yes, and now we'll have to hear a song from this film.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, which I believe is called Make a Wish. The, the, the
0: man, 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 the man got it go, the man got it going, got it going on. He keep the body going till the break of dawn. Got the grunts and the voties, rolling with the shorties. Giving them every little thing they won't. He be giving them every little thing they won't. Uh, make a wish, make a wish. Huh? I'll make a wish come true. Make a wish, make a wish, and I'll make a wish come true.
1: On the latest episode of the Edmonton Community Foundation's well-endowed podcast, Chris Chang Yen Phillips tells us about the Edmonton Radio Railway Society. Then they go to the Indigenous Career Fair to hear from inspiring speakers like Councillor Aaron Paquette, Brandy Morin, Kenton Boutillier, and Ramsey Mudrick. For more information on The Well Endowed Podcast, go to thewellendowedpodcast.com. And for more information about the Edmonton Community Foundation, go to ecfoundation.org.
0: We here at Biffle headquarters like nothing more than a good story. And when we're not lounging in front of the television or at the cinema, Chances are we have our noses in a book or two, but have you ever been working your way through a book and desperately wanted to discuss it with someone, but no one, you know, has read it. Then the read along podcast is for you. The read along is a mini book club for your ears. Hosts Scott and Anita Bourgeois bring you a chapter by chapter journey through a good book. They are currently discussing Jasmine Gower's moonshine, but I'm sure they'll do us a solid and cover the Mahabharata next. You can find out more about the read-along and the rest of the podcast on the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ETB, at albertapodcastnetwork.com. So that was Make-A-Wish from Aladdin.
1: Featuring rapping Grandpa, Amitabh Bachchan, which he rapped in Budla as well.
0: Yes. Is
1: usually Ghosh the only guy who can get Amitabh Bachchan to rap?
0: Ghosh clearly loves a, a rap in Big B. Yeah. Uh, So our second film for this episode is Arjun, the Warrior Prince. Now, as we kind of mentioned at the top of the the show, we chose this film because it is a... It's
1: a Disney movie. It's a
0: Disney movie. It's an animated Disney feature film.
1: Well, it has to be 100% the most violent Disney movie ever made, right? That isn't like Touchstone. Like the most violent animated Disney film.
0: That's under a Disney banner that has like the castle logo beforehand. It's got to be. Yeah, potentially. We'll get into that in a minute. Certainly, the most animated violent film. Yeah. Like I remember Roger Robert being kind of like too much for Disney's regular brand. That That had like the
1: the dip that melts tunes. Yeah. But it didn't have whip swords cutting people in half.
0: Yeah. This is this is really violent. I think the rating on our Netflix was like TV fourteen. Which
1: which... for an animated Disney movie, that's huge.
0: (laughs) That's pretty surprising. I yeah, I'm not entirely sure what kids this movie is for. If I don't think this... Did this come out at here at all? Not here. Yeah. So it came out in 2012. It was co-produced with UTV, UTV Motion Pictures and the Walt Disney Company India. Now, Disney India is the parent company of UTV. They acquired all of UTV in February 2012, so kind of months before this film came out. Uh, before before that, they owned about like 32% of, of UTV uh, and they've shut down uh, UTV Pictures in 2016, so I think the last uh, film that we're going to see uh, from UTV, uh, at least for the foreseeable future, is *Jagged Jesus*.
1: Which forgot to mention this: the visual style of Aladdin, mm-hmm. very similar to *Jagged Jesus* and Haviza Day*.
0: Mm. But I yeah, think, we did forget to mention that.
1: But I think that because uh, it has like these deep, rich colors, and it yeah. kind of like looks. I don't want to say Victorian, but it's like a lot of like interesting rooms full of books and leather furniture and stuff. I think Jagged Jesus is definitely the most uh, accomplished of those three movies, but they are trying to go for like a sort of rich aesthetic.
0: Yeah, I did like the aesthetic of Hawazada. Um,
1: yeah, but the movie was. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah but it is. yeah. Jagged Jesus, Jesus
1: brought it all together and being like an engaging story as well as like a cool looking movie.
0: Yeah, Aladdin is kind of going for that feel because again it's a fairy tale but it doesn't quite achieve it I think as well as Howezada or mm-hmm. uh Dessus does um,
1: anyway brief aside <laughs> about uh, another Disney movie
0: yes more about uh, Aladdin uh, so this wasn't made by like Walt like the um, animation branch of Walt Disney Pictures in the US you think no, it wasn't.
1: You think, so? You know?
0: <laughs> oh, you're making a joke.
1: Yeah, I was. Yeah. Uh, this is a joke. You may have heard of them.
0: <laughs> yeah. So it's it's made by um by Disney India and, and UTV Motion Pictures. Uh, but they did have a qualifying run, um, a week-long qualifying run of Arjun the Warrior Prince in L.A. at El Capitan to qualify for the Oscars. And we
1: saw that theater when we were there. Did we? It's right next to uh, where the Oscars are handed out.
0: Oh yes, yes, yes.
1: Yeah, right downtown yeah. by Hollywood Boulevard.
0: Uh, El Capitan is one of Vista's theater where they do all of their big premieres. Yeah. Uh, so you know, it's it's.
1: You've probably it's seen it now-worthy. in a movie. Yeah, it's 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 a fairly common location for movies set now. Yeah, and it's been
0: around since the 1920s. Yeah. Uh, so it's notable that that Disney felt like bringing this film stateside, I guess. Um, well, they wanted, they wanted they wanted to shot at
1: the best animated movie, probably.
0: <laughs> it did not get nominated. No. <laughs> um, this It's the story of Prince Arjuna and it is loosely based on the Mahabharata. Uh, and it, it got mostly positive reviews.
1: Yeah, um, I think kind it's kind of cool.
0: Medium to positive. I am not that familiar with the Mahabharata. I've read the Bhagavad Gita section of the epic
1: we've got it we've got a copy in the house of a like an Eng- english and also like shortened version of the bhagavad-gita mm-hmm. story
0: but when i was in university studying world religion and um uh world literature we focused on the ramayana mm-hmm. so i don't know much about the story of the Mahabharata, and i think my kind of strongest uh relationship with it comes from that grant morrison book 18 days
1: which was a weird story it (laughs) was you know it it has these futuristic like sort of laser versions of all these weapons and these giant battles Mm -hmm. but everyone's white except for krishna who's blue like that makes sense but like they could have drawn them to look a bit more indian i think
0: Yeah, so that book is, like, it's a...
1: It's a cool project.
0: Yeah, it's an... Like, it's a... It was supposed to be an animated film that Grant Morrison was working on um, that never got realized, so they put it out as, like, a picture book.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like storyboards and designs for all the characters and stuff, Mm -hmm. and, like, it's sort of like that Dune book that uh, they made for Hodorowski's Dune. Yes. It's like all the stuff you would need to like make a movie. work. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's interesting.
1: It's it, it's an interesting project. Um, I can kind of see why it didn't get made.
0: Yeah. So, we weren't familiar with the story going into this film, and I strongly feel that this film both waters down what is, you know, the longest poem ever written.
1: Yeah, parts of it, yeah. Uh,
0: and... It makes it all too complicated. Like, it's on one hand, like, it's too simple of a version of the Mahabharata, but it's also kind of a little too complicated to follow if you're not already familiar with the It's, it's got
1: to only be telling, like, a portion of the story. But oh, it it's is. kind of like the beginning and then the end. Yeah. And then, like, uh, the...
0: It uh, ends with kind of, like, the lead-up to a big battle, so you, you feel like... It kind of ends in media res.
1: Yeah, it does. It, it sets it up for maybe a sequel that we're yeah. going for. But this is one of the classics of world literature I've always wanted to read. I've mm-hmm. always wanted to read this one. And you know, Thousand and One Nights, I've wanted to read that. Mm-hmm. And The Tale of the Heike from Japan. And The Romance of the Three Kingdoms from China. There's these giant epics of world literature that I would like to read someday. Mm-hmm. So it's on my list as one. And... Uh, listeners, if you have a preferred, uh, translation of the Mahabharata that you think I should read, let me know.
0: Or maybe let us know, like, a good kid's version.
1: A good kid's <laughs> to version? Start with. Or maybe if there's any other movies that you think do it justice. Because I think this yeah. movie is actually pretty cool. It, mm-hmm. uh, it is let down somewhat by the lackluster animation. Yeah. But I had a good time watching it. And I'm curious to know... At what level does an Indian child get this? Because there's so many characters and kind of these ancestral blood feuds, like that seems a little bit challenging for a kid to wrap their head around, right?
0: Yeah, but is it any more or less challenging than the Bible or the Quran or many other foundational well, religious texts? Yeah, I mean I
1: was when I was watching this I was trying to think, okay, so what other like Western mythology classics have this level of complexity, this many characters. And I was thinking the Iliad mm-hmm. and the Arthurian legends. Mm-hmm. and um, This
0: really reminded me to a certain extent of The Sword in the Stone.
1: And uh, Spencer's the Fairy Queen, which right. you don't exactly expect kids to read, but it is that level of really important uh, poetry and beautiful poetry, mm-hmm. too. And I, I quite like that one. I have read that. I read that in school. Mm-hmm. And I do have a copy of that. Or um, well, the Rape of the Locks a lot shorter, but that kind of you know foundational touch point for um, mythology and storytelling that everything kind of grows out of.
0: Yeah, even like Gilgamesh.
1: Yeah, Gilgamesh—the first one, the OG. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Which we both the, uh, Beowulf read as well versions of in university.
1: Beowulf, Canterbury Tales. There's these larger than life <laughs> stories that have resounded for thousands of years, and there's a reason why. Yeah. And. I feel like this movie has made me interested in finding out the real version or as much as I can understand from an English translation.
0: Mm-hmm. And the Mahabharata is really interesting, um, or I'm really interested in it, partly because it is, like you say, both this um, this important literary tech, text that's very foundational to um, centuries of narratives, but also it has a strong religious significance as it is, it is, you know, it contains Bhagavad Gita.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, well i mean most of these works i would say most large uh, works of literature up until the last maybe 200 years or so are inextricably linked to the mm-hmm. religion of the time because the religion of the time was also the um the means by which education and narrative was being transmitted to people yeah. so they were just you know one and the same
0: that's fair and you see that um in cinema especially with early Indian cinema, which were largely these mythologicals that were retellings of the Ramayana and the Mahabharata. Mm-hmm. And now we see that in um, kind of Indian television. Yeah. Not that I've seen a lot of Indian television. Uh, I have seen an episode of one of the TV versions of the Ramayana. Yeah. Um, but I know that kind of that mythological tradition moved to TV.
1: But also that the the narrative format of television lends itself to a really long epic. Yeah, And you know you can check in on stories that way yes, yes yeah
0: uh so getting back to the uh film itself as as we mentioned like we're well aware of how this is both a simplified version but it's also kind of complicated uh for us so i'm sure i'm sure people familiar with the story would find this really dumbed down yes um whereas we were kind of having a Some difficulty following along with it.
1: A lot of names, and I will say, I I found that the character designs for some of the Pandavas, I thought they were a little bit too similar looking, and it was tough to tell who was who. Arjun's got longer hair, and his brother, his brother, the true king, has like slick back hair. But at a glance, their kind of chin shape and that sort of thing made it difficult to differentiate.
0: Yeah, I do think that um, budgetary limitations let this film down. Uh, the animation isn't terrible, but it is a little kind of um, 2D video game.
1: Yeah, and it it looks cool. Like, frames from this yeah. would look very cool. Like, the individual character designs, apart from mm-hmm. maybe looking a little bit too similar, they are that, like, classic Disney 90s renaissance, like, great-looking character yeah. designs. Uh, Duryodhana looks sort of like Ranveer Singh to me, <laughs> but he also has that kind of Jafar look of, like... Yeah, this guy's, you know, big and he's evil, but he's mm-hmm. also... You can kind of see why he'd be a leader. And it's just when they start moving, then it doesn't look as good, which is kind of the point of movies.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, like, it looks really good still, but you're right in that when it has to... Like, when it's animated, like, all their hair kind of moves as one block, so it's kind of got, like, a very cheap computer quality.
1: And seeing uh, a lot of the kids running around... It, it kind of looks like they just had, like, a script or something, like, initiate, child-run sequence, and you could just, like, yeah. tell everyone to do that, and they all just kind of run the same way.
0: I will say that it is um, one of the better Indian animated films that I've personally seen.
1: It's not quite as good as Little Singham, but you're right.
0: <laughs> uh, there was this one with uh, Superstar Rajnikanth and Topeka Padukone that I apologize, I do not remember the name of, uh, that looks absolutely ridiculous. Is that silly. the one where the
1: guy died and then they used his image?
0: Yeah. It's all kind of mocap, kind yeah. of like what they did with that um Zemeckis Beowulf thing, but really, yeah. really, really cheap looking. And then I've seen some <laughs> Punjabi animated films. Uh, but that's really interesting because they can't animate their gurus, so there's a lot of like still frames in those films. And hmm. uh, I haven't found the I haven't found any great Indian animation. This is this is probably the best I've seen. That being said, I am open to suggestions. So if there are some Sanjay's Super Team. <laughs> that that's true. That is that Because the, the
1: guy who directed that's Indian, isn't he? Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's
1: a that's oh. It's a Pixar short. Yeah,
0: it is a Pixar short. I
1: think it was, it was in, before
0: The Good Dinosaur.
1: Yeah, I didn't see The Good Dinosaur, but I watched Sanjay's Super Team on a plane and I yeah. cried. It was it was a wonderful little story, yeah, and, and- it's actually sort of similar to uh, the Grant Morrison tale, where it's like, let's mm-hmm. give these heroes of uh, Indian uh, mythology like superpowers.
0: Yeah, that was done by Sanjay Patel, uh, and it's very much about um, he's a he's an immigrant kid who imagines. Uh, Sita and Ram and Hanuman as uh, superheroes. It's absolutely delightful if you haven't seen it.
1: And there's also Sita Sings the Blues, done by a white lady, but yeah. that is a cool um, version of uh, the Ramayana.
0: But what I'm saying is I haven't seen any great
1: Indian-made anim- ones. Yeah, yes.
0: animation from India. Yes. That is me not saying it's not out there. No, I would love to see some. Yeah. So if, if people have suggestions and know where I can find um, shorts and, or features... Please send them my way that one I'm that, a big anime, animation fan. There's
1: that one that looks like it's done in Japan, but it's the Ramayana. I would be very curious to watch that. Again, this is you know, an Indian story, but animated by a different place. So Yeah. yeah I, I still think we could do that on the show sometime. If we could find it. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah.
0: Sometime. Uh, so I guess the, the story, for those who aren't aware... Um, like it's a, we were. Yeah, like we were. It's about Prince Arjuna... And this has a frame story where kind of uh, um, an older woman, a maid type figure, is telling a young kid about Prince Arjuna.
1: Specifically, the Kauravas and the Pandavas, the war between these two groups.
0: Yes. So they are cousins, and our heroes are the Pandavas, and the Kauravas Uh, dislike them and they want control over the kingdom and as the king as he is growing older and dying the Kauravas uh, fear that he's going to name um, one of the Pandavas uh, specifically the older brother Yudhishthira as the king and as a compromise he names uh, the Kauravas the king or he gives them control of kind of the main Land, and he gives the Pandavas uh, kind of another wilder land,
1: kind of a swampy land. Yeah, it seems like a pretty shitty land, but they make a pretty cool palace there really quickly.
0: Yes, so it's very much about um, the the Kauravas hating the Pandavas. Yeah, uh,
1: and the Pandavas declaring revenge after they get exiled.
0: So, meanwhile, Arjun wins a bride, the princess uh, Droupadi. In a uh, archery competition, where he dives into a big pool and kills a goldfish, it's pretty cool. The
1: uh, the idea is that who could shoot the fish in the lake the best. Yeah. But he shoots the fish out of the lake from underneath, and it's yeah. It's it pretty is, cool. It is cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh,
0: so the Korvas are not happy that the Pandavas kind of got some land to control.
1: They built their own (laughs) kingdom from literally nothing.
0: And they go over and... Um, kind of cheat them out of their kingdom uh, using some board game.
1: <laughs> They're playing a dice game. Yeah,
0: a dice yeah. game. Uh, in this dice game, the Pandavas lose everything and they are exiled for 12 years and then another year where they have to stay in hiding. Yeah. And if they come out of hiding in that last year, then they have to stay in exile for another 12 years.
1: It's a weird rule. And also some of the Kauravas are like, that was kind of a bullshit role we had on them.
0: <laughs> uh, Arjun, um, after Jopadi kind of makes him promise that he'll get revenge for how she was treated. She kind
1: of gets dragged in front of the court during this uh, yeah. game process and laughed at and can't have that.
0: Yes. Uh, he kind of buggers off, travels north, and... Um, he has
1: a vision quest.
0: Yeah, he earns a bow from Shiva.
1: Yeah, he gets the bow of the gods himself after a pretty cool scene where he goes up to a um, a mountain. Mm-hmm. And an old hunter chasing a boar around talks to him. And uh, Arjun kills the boar and the hunter gets mad at him. But we find out that later on that this is uh, the god talking to him. And then we, he kind of goes on a sort of, uh, you know, psychedelic quest mm-hmm. where he has to slay the demons within him. Yeah, and he this kill- has the
0: most fantasy elements in it too of the whole film.
1: Yeah, so he's getting attacked by a ton of rakshas and like cutting them in half and smashing them and grabbing the flying ones out of the air. And the more he does this, the more the desert landscape he's in falls away, and there's kind of a floating castle palace thing. Yeah. And then he, when he's when he's smashed all the demons away, he's able to reach into the water of this palace and pull up the mm-hmm. the bow of the gods, which he uses to great effect later on. And that was pretty cool.
0: Mm-hmm. The dice game, by the way, is called uh, Chopar.
1: Yeah. Yes. I think they should maybe get better at Chopar. <laughs> or maybe just l- know when you're losing.
0: I think it's very clear that the Korobahs are cheating.
1: Oh yeah, no, it's it's the sleazy uncle character who just looking at him like, yep, that's a sleazy yeah, uncle, right? That's a sleazy uncle. he's very similar to um, uh, Ranadhegbabu's dad in um, Bahubali.
0: Yeah. Uh, so eventually, this all kind of gets brought to the um, present day, and the young kid who's been getting the young kid who's uh who's learning about this story uh discovered that he's actually in the center of it and that um, the
1: old maid who's been telling him the story has been arjun the whole time in hiding for 13 years
0: that was a huge surprise
1: yeah <laughs> that was, i was thinking is especially she, in
0: an animated film
1: i was thinking <laughs> is she old droppity there's got to be a way that this works in anyway. but no arjun's tricked us too
0: yeah i totally thought she was old droppity uh so i think listeners can tell if we're really out of our depth with this
1: yeah
0: uh yeah. We,
1: we, we cannot we cannot attest to the uh, the way in this in way this film represents the Mahabharata accurately. Yeah. But we could talk about how entertaining it was and the filmmaking aspects of it. And I, mean, I think this was if the if the point of this movie was to get young people interested in learning more about the story, I think it succeeds cuz Yes it ends on a fairly big cliffhanger but also it shows you enough of you know this historical milieu and there's cool battles mm-hmm. I thought it was great and I I wish that the filmmaking was good enough that this had a better chance here mm-hmm. like imagine if this had been made as well as moana or something
0: or or even bahubali
1: yeah like if if the animation 'Cause there's the designs look cool. Mm-hmm. I would say the backgrounds look cool. The action on display, very cool. Mm-hmm. We forgot to mention that when Arjun is facing the Korvas as they're attacking the town the town where the young master that he's been telling the story to lives, he whips out the whip swords again and mm-hmm. dismembers at least uh, mm-hmm. you know, a tenth of the Korva army all on his own and it rules. But it's also like, holy shit, this is a Disney movie and I'm seeing Viscera.
0: Yeah, I think I think it would have been a lot more successful. I guess just going back to kind of the comparing it to Disney, um, which is kind of what we set out to do here. Mm -hmm. I think it would have been a lot more successful. It would have been more like The Sword in the Stone, kind of a more kind of like presumably they assume that a lot of Indian people, um, especially Hindus, who are watching this film, are already familiar with kind of the basic narrative, Mm -hmm. and so it potentially could have just focused in on. Um, Arjun's training mm-hmm. and that could have been that could have been fun.
1: This is more like the Black Cauldron where it throws a ton of <laughs> lore at you.
0: Yeah and and I, I I certainly recognize that the audience that this is aimed at already knows this lore mm-hmm. and so you know like I said we're, we're really out of our depth here um, but that being said it doesn't Just, I couldn't help but feel like this was a really lackluster adaptation. Like, I know I'm not familiar with the source material, but it it was just, it was like you could feel everything that was missing from it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would have appreciated a bigger scope and also to find out the end of the story because it says, oh, yeah, they defeat the Corvus later on. Like, well, that would have been cool to see. Yeah. Um, And, Uh, also frustrating is that Arjun's family is kind of a bunch of screw ups right Mm. um and I'm guessing that this is in the original source material but he's kind of the devoted son who's like the best guy ever sort of a rom type but not as egotistical Mm -hmm. and he's the only one who could solve every problem and his family is just around creating more problems for him Mm -hmm. losing at dice games and uh generally getting tricked by you know the Korovas at every turn. At and least ha- that's what we see in yeah.
0: in, in Arjun, the warrior probably. And we
1: have to rely on Arjun as like the super smart badass who's able to yeah. defeat Korov trickery. You know, it's it's sort of like um you know sacrilegious to say it, but it's sort of like the Star Wars prequels where um, you can obviously tell that the Emperor is evil. Look at him. <laughs> he cackles like an evil person. He uses dark Jedi trickery. Right. But none of the characters present seem to notice. Right. And it's just frustrating. Hmm. Bahubali avoids this by having Bahubali's senior be present yeah. to all of his half brothers' misdeeds and you know you feel the epic tragedy of him and his wife being exiled and all this stuff and then it, it leads in his son is the one who has to do the revenge mm-hmm. and he wasn't like tricked by all this and he also didn't have the relationship with his uncle to think like oh my uncle's not going to screw me over. Mm-hmm. They have this whole, you know, growing up together, um, Baha'Bali Sr. And I think that makes more sense rather than Arjun having to kind of deal with his family getting owned at all costs mm-hmm. and never really fighting back until the very end. And really only he does. Mm-hmm. So again, this just makes me want to read the source material more to see if this was good for narrative convenience or if it's supposed to show that, yeah, the, you know, the idealized man might have to deal with his family, not you know, helping out too much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sorry if I offended everybody. Uh, Again, don't know enough about this to really say anything, but this movie just makes me think Arjun's surrounded by a bunch of, um, you know, overly, overly honorable idiots.
0: Well, it's, it's simplifying a very complicated text. That's full of a lot of kind of moral dilemmas from Mm -hmm. what I understand. Uh, and so,
1: and you know, opportunities to show uh, the reader how they could interact with their daily life and learn mm-hmm. from these uh, situations.
0: And I guess, I guess ultimately, a 96 minute film, uh, animated or live action, is never going to be able to contain the scope of the longest poem ever written.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know, like.
0: It it's a major epic in world literature. It's it's one of the major epics in world literature.
1: I'm just wondering if they thought they would be able to make a sequel.
0: Yeah, and I, I certainly I certainly wasn't expecting this film to explain the Mahabharata to me. I I wasn't at all, but I was frustrated with this experience because um, it just left me with more questions like I, I felt like i was becoming more aware of what wasn't there than what was mhm and there's
1: a lot of narration as arjun is kind of glossing over the stuff that happened to him. i'm yeah. sure they had lots of adventures over the course of their exile but we didn't get to see those
0: yeah it's the kind of thing that i think on a second rewatch i would understand the mechanics a bit more and who all the characters are especially when the animation sometimes makes it a little difficult to You know distinguish Arjun From his brother Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, You got the two twins You got the fat guy And you got Arjun And his brother And Arjun's brother Are the two That are the similar shape mm -hmm. And yeah I do get confused sometimes
0: Yeah And like I said The animation is Not really anything To write home about I'm also Still curious On who this film is for Like it does seem Far too violent For children
1: for very young children, yeah, yeah
0: but it also seems uh, far too
1: childish yeah. for
0: yeah, far too simplistic or far too childish for adults. So I'm not entirely sure who this is for. Do you know? Do you know what this reminded me of, uh, or at least kind of? I thought this has a similar vibe uh, that I think is excellent. No. Advertise the West Airbender.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah.
0: yeah, I thought a lot about Advertise the Last Airbender while we were watching this, which is obviously completely fictional. Uh, but it, I
1: think it tries to at least draw parallels with some sort of epics of world, uh, you know, literature. Yeah, especially Asian. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It, it kind of has a Journey to the West thing going, too. Yes. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, just saying, putting in my plug for Advertise the Last Airbender. <laughs>
1: Well, I think it'd be cool if, Great show. <laughs> if a production company on the level of the people who made Avatar: The Last Airbender were able to do an uh, Mahabharata story or a yeah. Ramayana story. Um, I would be very interested in seeing that. And there's, you know, plenty of audience out there for that. One assumes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think I think that's it. You know, I. I apologize that we were so out of our depth with this film. But you know what? Everyone's got to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, like I said, we we welcome people's recommendations for um, better ways to get into the Mahabharata. Because it has had a huge influence on um, Indian narratives. Although I think... And on world narratives.
1: At least in the recent Hindi cinema we've been seeing for the past few years, the Ramayana is alluded to more often. Because it's easier to have a story about um you know the the hundred-headed man stole my lady
0: I also think inherently I just pick up on allusions to the Ramayana more
1: and often the main characters are called Rama Ram and Sita
0: Yeah I think I just pick on the more up on the more because I'm familiar with the Ramayana
1: We might we uh, I know there's a political movie that came out a few years ago that kind of recasts mm-hmm. the war between the Pandavas and the Kauravas and it it does seem like it would lend itself well to a gangster movie or something.
0: <laughs> you want the gritty Ram Gopal Varma or yeah, Vish- uh, Vishal Bardwash like remake?
1: Yeah, I think that'd be cool. All right. Any any time that there's groups of guys fighting each other?
0: Mm-hmm. Gangster movie. Mm-hmm. Uh well that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Thank you for putting up with all of these uh uh huge gaps in knowledge, our ignorance, our inability to produce. produce to pronounce names, uh, and Matt's tangents.
1: Hey, people love the tangents. Sound (laughs) off in the comments. You know you love
0: them. We will be back in two weeks. And what will we be discussing, Matt?
1: So uh, joining the two-timers club is our old pal, Manish Mathur. Mm -hmm. And we're going to watch some Yash Chopra romance.
0: Yes. uh, We're going to be watching Lamhe and Virzara. Manish knows so much about Yash Chopra, so I'm so. He's the, he's
1: the last word on romance. He's doing a whole romance podcast.
0: Yes, it pod to be you.
1: And as a warm up for that episode, you should check out his podcast about M Night Shyamalan, mm-hmm. where Aaron and I both featured. I watched a little movie called After Earth. <laughs> And what did you watch?
0: Uh The Lady in the Water. Yeah. Which so. has like some fairy tale aspects.
1: So yeah, and if you want to want like get ready, get back in the Manish Mather zone, check that out ahead of time. But yeah. before then.
0: I'm really excited that Manish is coming back. It's his birthday today too, so we should say Happy, happy birthday. birthday
1: from the past, Manish. <laughs>
0: uh in the meantime, Matt, how can people keep up with the show? Facebook. Check us out com. on
1: Facebook. Facebook.com slash Bollywood for Lovers. We're at Bollywood Pod on Twitter. I'm at Matt underscore B-O-W-E-S.
0: I'm at Erin E. Fraser. E-R-N-E-F-R-E-S-E-R.
1: We're on Tumblr. Look us up there. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. Audio Boom is where we mm-hmm. make our home, but a review on any platform would be appreciated.
0: Yes, and we will review you. We will read all of our Apple Podcast reviews out on the air. Uh, And while you're over at Apple Podcasts or whatever pod-catching service you use. Not
1: Luminary, though. That's (laughs) continuing to go pretty badly.
0: Uh, You can subscribe to my other show that I do weekly with Paul Matwichuk called Trash Art in the Movies. Uh, We just released an episode about space jail movies. uh, Specifically, space jail movies made by French people in English.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of parallels there. We want to thank Becca Donkey, and Becca Donkey Designs for our beautiful logo Mm -hmm. featuring another uh, person touched by the gods, uh, (laughs) Tuffy. Um, And, yeah, come back next week, please.
0: (laughs) Where Manish will be joining us, so we'll be a lot more informed.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he'll tell us what to do.
0: Thank you for listening.